Hello. Hello. Ah, there we go. Sorry about that. Um, my washer dryer had to finish its cycle, and uh, otherwise it would have been bumbling in the background. <laughs> Nice. Do you think Joe Rogan ever has that problem where he's got to wait for his washer dryer so. so he can do his podcast? I hope so. <laughs> uh, how have you been, my friend? Uh, yeah, I've been busy. Um, yeah, busy? I've, start, I've started Twitch. Yeah. yeah, so yeah, 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 I saw you. Uh, for those who are unaware, TaylorMade Aiden Taylor has started his very own Twitch channel. Yes, uh, I was inspired by Lord Gideon Gray, Madka, and Jörn Simmons to get started. And I, I did my first live stream Wednesday. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm playing Tomb Raider 2. And you, wait, you, you're still playing Tomb Raider 2? <laughs> yeah, I'm not doing like a speed run of it. I'm doing like more of a casual thing, but showing off little glitch—not glitches, but like things here and there you can do to speed up levels, yeah. so like skips and stuff. It's been fun. Yeah, the the uh, response I've had for that has been uh, well above what I expected. Uh, well, I thought don't, don't get maybe... too comfortable. WWE are going to come along soon and uh, take away your uh, your login. And... Oh yeah, no, I'm already waiting for the letter to come through. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was expecting maybe like four or five people to come through, and uh, I had 66 unique viewers. That's pretty impressive considering it's Tomb Raider 2 and it's a like super old game. And yeah. Most of the Twitch audience probably wasn't alive when it came out. Oh, no. Some people uh, from the wrestling school actually um, joined in the chat. And... <laughs> The amount of people that were like, I wasn't born when this came out. I just, oh, oh. Yeah, that's when, uh, when you really start realizing your age is when you talk oh. about games <laughs> that didn't, you know, to somebody who didn't exist when they came out. That makes me feel old. And also when I get things like, oh, this album is celebrating its 20th anniversary. And I'm thinking, yeah. oh. like uh, Linkin Park's Hybrid Theory is 20. Oh. And that just makes me think, my I remember getting given that by my cousin because he didn't like it and <laughs> I was nine at the time. Yeah. Oh, and people only know Linkin Park now as the soft rock U2-esque band and I'm thinking, no. Yeah. Hybrid theory, no. Uh, yeah. Um, how have you been though, dude? Um, same old, pretty boring lockdown. Uh, that's the thing with lockdown, like, you have no stories to tell. Every day kind of like blurs into one. Yeah, it's you scary know. how quickly they go by as well. Well, they're saying that, like, it's not... Like, I always think, like, oh, lockdown sucks. Like, ah, oh, I could be going to the zoo if it wasn't for this lockdown. And <laughs> I realise, like, I'm not going to go to the zoo even if it wasn't lockdown. Yeah. It's nice to have the option to go to the zoo, but I'd never probably take advantage of it. Yeah, um... I went out today, and today was the first day I actually felt like a lockdown since we're in 2.0. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it's just the weather, but yeah, no, it's great timing. Um, but yeah. It, lockdown hasn't affected my life at all. I'm living the same life I would uh, with less wrestling. Yeah, that's the other big downside is um, not just wrestling. Well, we can't participate in it. It's mm. so, you know, 
it's everywhere. Like you only get WWE and AEW and a few other independents putting out material at the moment. Oh, of course, New Japan. Um, but it's not as regular. It's not as regular, and of course, you don't have the fans in the arena. Which no. I don't care what anybody says, it takes away from it somewhat. So, mm-hmm. yeah, wrestling, even watching it, has been a bit dry recently. Um, just very, yeah. It's difficult to get excited. And, um, yeah, the atmosphere has definitely, definitely gone out of a lot of the shows. Man, Royal, Royal Rumble is going to be the weirdest. <laughs> event without a crowd counting down. Um, yep. I know they've oh, got the, virtu- the virtual crowd now. I was going to say, there'll be a virtual crowd just going, it'll be like in a WWF uh, Warzone or something, just 10, yeah. 9. Disembodied voice. Yeah, that's what I'm hoping for. I hope they get the robotic referee voice. <laughs> that would make it worth watching. Um, yeah, I used to love the Royal Rumble so much, but I haven't watched that in Four years, five years, uh, and like I don't know if it's just time, but it's really hard to like. I used to be able to re- remember pretty much all of the Royal Rumble winners. Oh yeah, back. Oh, this year this guy won it. And this year that guy won it. Um, Drew McIntyre won it last year. Oh, cool. I want to oh. say, um, year before that, I wouldn't be able to tell you who won it. I, maybe. <laughs> I honestly don't know. Um, should we do that as a subject then? What's that, uh, Royal Rumble? Yeah, like, uh, what was your first Royal Rumble that you watched? Um, see, I came in pretty much watching wrestling at the exact same year you did. I think it probably would have been uh, the 2000 Royal Rumble. Okay, yeah. Um which the Rock won. Well, technically, the Big Show won because the Rock's feet did hit the mat first. <laughs> um, and there's like blatant video footage of the Rock's feet hitting the mat first before the Big mm-hmm. Show went out, which in hindsight really makes the Rock kind of seem like an asshole because he was there saying, I won the Royal Rumble, the Big Show's a big whiny liar, blah, blah, blah. But the Rock must have known that his feet did hit the ground. So in kayfabe... The Rock's just lying to people, and somehow he's the babyface in all of this. I'm a bit. I'm 2000 isn't the best memory. Like, if for my wrestling knowledge, that's like a weak spot for me. Was The Rock a face at that time? The Rock was a huge face. This is, uh, I'd say, probably coming into his his absolute peak as a face. Okay, okay, because um, that Royal Rumble is a good Royal Rumble, but I always remember the stuff around that show more so than the Rumble match itself. Oh, well, there was a fantastic, fantastic match. Uh, the street fight between um, Cactus Jack and Triple H uh-huh. um, almost overshadowed the Rumble itself. It's absolutely but excellent match. If you said to me Royal Rumble 2000, I immediately think of Taz's debut. Oh, yeah, yeah, and that. And uh, the Hardys versus the Dudleys and the tag team table match. Oh, yeah, that as well. Uh, yeah, that whole, I, that whole show is absolutely loaded. Yeah, and that for a Royal Rumble show is so rare that the matches around it almost, I, I dare I say, overshadowed the Rumble itself. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that is a awesome show. Um, but that Rumble itself is really good, and it 
I wouldn't say it's a perfect Royal Rumble, but it's one of those ones you can look at and it's got its stages, it's got its key story throughout, and then you've got the other mini stories in between, like Kai and Tai constantly interrupting. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I remember um, it's um, Funaki and Takamichinuku running out the first couple of times, and then I think uh-huh. it's Bradshaw chucks Taka out with uh-huh. such ferocity that Taka's oh. face just bounces off the uh, concrete on the outside. Yeah, and I think his nose just got obliterated, and then from then on, it's only Funaki running out to interrupt. Yeah, and then everything's every... been taken, taken away for medical treatment every five minutes or so. Jerry the King Lawler asks to watch the replay. Yeah, uh, yeah, that is a really good like for a first Royal Rumble, you could like that is a damn good one. Yeah, it's a very easy watch. Yeah. Like, if I was going to give anybody a Royal Rumble pick for you, first one to watch, just purely because of the entertaining matches around the Royal Rumble, as well as the Rumble itself, that would, yeah, I think I'd give that a number one. Yeah, if you can only watch a Rumble match itself, it has to be 2001. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, that is uh, one Stone Cold Steve Austin. Uh-huh, and that is like one of the few Rumbles where I can name who started the match, what the key stories were. That one is a clear... You have your sort of mid-carders in the opening doing it like wrestling fast, quick, cool moves. Then you've got the hardcore stuff in the middle. Yes. Then you've got your main eventers at the end. Yeah. And yeah, Drew Carey comes out and there's no wasted time in it whatsoever. There's no like lull in the middle where it's just kind of a bunch of lower mid-card guys beating each other up and just filling up the ring. Mm-hmm. Until, until you know one of the, the main eventers comes out it's just this one is absolutely there's no fat on it whatsoever yeah and you got the storyline of kane being the unstoppable machine uh yeah that's a yeah that's a good royal rumble as well um, it also had a uh, mr perfect return in it as well no that was 2002. Oh, 2002 that was my first rumble that's an excellent um, rumble as well Ah, uh, yeah, uh, that one, uh, that was the Triple H eliminating Kurt Angle last. Yeah. Uh, you had, yeah, you had um, Mr. Perfect. He returned there. Goldust. Yeah, uh, Goldfather as well, I want to say. Yep, yep. Uh, it was really yeah. weird in, in that they told you beforehand who was going to be returning rather than it being a surprise, which is kind of cool, but you kind of still want surprises in your Rumble. I think, yeah. Yeah. I'll be honest and say I don't remember a single match before the Rumble itself, which I guess I'm just going to quickly Google what. Mm, I wouldn't you... be able to tell you either. Any matches. So who was the champ at the time? Chris Jericho had just won the Undisputed. So Yeah, because they had that really disappointing or overshadowed match at uh, WrestleMania that was completely overshadowed by Rock versus Hogan. Mm, and who did he defend against? It's got to be like one of the people he beat in the previous pay per view. Like, I don't know, would it have been Stone Cold again because he got screwed? Was he the man? Might have been Stone Cold, or it might have been The Rock. Okay, let me just quickly Google this. Um, yeah, I don't remember anything. The brand split wasn't a thing at this time. No, it came in uh, after afterwards. Yeah, here we go. So your opening match was Spike Dudley and Taz as a tag team. Ugh. Remember them? Against the Dudley boys. 
uh, what? Just a second. So Spike Dudley and Taz versus the Dudley Boys for the Tag Team Championships. Yeah. And Spike Dudley and Taz won. They were the champions. Yeah, you don't remember them being champions. It was really no. random. Like, yes, they threw them together because they were both in ECW, but no. they're both short. short but... Oh, I see why I don't remember that. Stacey Keebler was with the Dudley Boys. <laughs> that is what I remember. I, forget, I completely forgot she was with the Dudley Boys. Oh, no, I remember all that. Considering the Dudley Boys are in kayfabe, supposed to be completely inbred, um, small town hick. <laughs> yeah. Casey Cooper is not like one you'd uh, associate with. But, yeah. Um, I think the constant joke they went with was she likes wood. Ah, brilliant. Yeah. Genius attitude era comedy, right? <laughs> yeah, so that went five minutes. Okay. Uh, William Regal versus Edge for the Intercontinental. Oh, that might have been solid. Yeah. Uh, Trish Stratus versus Jazz. Mm, that was probably really good. Well, yeah. yeah. Oh, but only, it was only given three minutes, four minutes. <sighs> There's, yeah. Uh, Ric Flair versus M- Vince McMahon in a street fight. Oh, of course. Was that? No, that wouldn't have been uh, that one with the iconic um, mm. image of Vince coming up with the... The, the pipe. The pipe. That was no, a... that was Hogan, wasn't it? Yeah, that was uh, Hogan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you were right. It was Chris Jericho versus The Rock. Yeah. And then, yeah, the 30 men under... Yeah, that was... Yeah, I, I remember that rumble clearly because it was Goldust and debuted and he was the second entrant. And then, yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, who else? Were they any other big names? To... Oh, that was one of... Uh, Maven eliminated the Undertaker. Yes, and with the Undertaker just beat the hell out of him, and I think he smashed his head for a popcorn machine. I want to say. Uh huh. And there, that was ah, yeah. Um, any other Rumble memories you have? Um, those are the the main ones I you know stick out in my mind. And honestly, from then on, each Rumble subsequently seems to have been diluted and diluted a bit more um mm. you know you, you often get the rumbles where you know who's going to win or at least you know it's going to be either these one of these two guys yeah have you ever had a rumble where you were surprised by the winner or a winner that shocked you um let's have a think i don't know i don't like I don't think I, I think the last one that really shocked me was when Nakamura won the Rumble. Oh, I didn't think one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's why the most probably one of the most uh, forgettable winners of the Royal Rumble because um, he lost his um, match at rest, uh, subsequent WrestleMania, which. Who did you wrestle? Sorry? Who did you wrestle at Mania? Oh, AJ Styles in what was going to be a. You know, showcase oh. match, but because you know they had that awesome match in um, New Japan, yeah. And they thought, oh, this will be very much a repeat, and it was. It wasn't awful, but it was just. Oh, was that where the low blow? Yeah, is that oh, okay? Yep. AJ Styles oh. kicking people in the balls. That was the height yeah. of it. Uh, so I'm looking through a list of winners here now, and uh, the one that sticks out to me, because it was, I think it was like one of the first ones that I. So I never ordered pay-per-views growing up because they were really expensive and one in the morning. And as a kid, your parents aren't going to let you spend 40 quid to stay up at one in the morning. 
So uh, 2011, Alberto Del Rio. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, oh yes, I did recall that one. It's uh, when Santino uh, they did a double feint. Um, Santino was the last one eliminated. He'd been knocked to the outside, and uh -huh. he comes up behind Alberto, and he's got the cobra ready, mm -hmm. and then Alberto throws him out. So yes, great double tease. Um, that was the first time I'd seen that happen. You know, you think the rumble's over, but there's someone on the outside. Yeah, I Which, think Alberto's music was still playing at that point. So definitely, you know, it wasn't impossible that Sabatino would eliminate him. And God, can you imagine if they'd been that brave to go with Santino winning a Rumble? Well, it was over as hell. Like, they probably could have done it and made something out of it. Uh-huh. And at the time, I was a big Santino fan. And when it happened, I leapt out my chair. And then I wasn't an Alberto fan at all. I think no. I... Uh, yeah, every time I was just like, no. And then when he won, I remember just being angry because it it's not a good rumble. It was the 40-man the rumble. Oh. It went on forever, and that was the only bit of it. Uh, I think that's the one uh, where the Nexus were in it, and oh, yeah. they were fighting with the um, whatever the new Nexus was called. But, it was uh, called New Nexus. Yeah, <laughs> they got their ideas from naming, like from Nintendo, naming uh, <laughs> the Super console. Nexus. Yeah, the Super Nexus, the New Nexus, the Nexus sixty four. <laughs> they could have had sixty four members in it, and yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I just remember there was that CM Punk was in it, and he constantly had members of the Nexus eliminate people for him, and it was a great storyline. Yeah, that was clever. But the match went on for like what felt like an hour and a half yeah it went on way too long and, i don't uh, think it's impossible to book a rumble to be good all the way through if it's 40 people but 40 people definitely makes it more difficult i imagine well i would imagine yeah um and that finish where you think it's over and one man comes out and tries to eliminate the person at the end is like the most overdone rumble finish now yeah every rumble i've ever seen since then has that finish Every rumble I've been a part of, I'm pretty sure, has had that as a finish. Yeah. And yeah. Um, whatever one was it? I think 2009. I have a distinct memory of this. Have you ever heard of the Mandela effect? No. So this is a phenomenon in which something happens. Uh, so it comes from, it got its name when Nelson Mandela passed away. It was on the news. Because yeah. obviously Nelson Mandela, but at the same time, thousands and thousands and thousands of people came forward and said we thought he was already dead, <laughs> and they all described his funeral the same way. Wow! And they were all convinced that it was happening. So the Mandela effect is when a significant amount of people all think this one thing happened, but it clearly didn't. Yeah. So the 2009 Royal Rumble, I remember watching that pay per view. And I remember at one point, Jerry the King Lawler says into the mic on commentary, where's Randy Orton? He's supposed to be winning this thing. And Randy Orton did win that rumble. And I remember all that happening. And I've gone back and watched that twice. And I don't remember, I, I can't find that voice clip. But everyone uh, I've seen watched it with in that, we all have the memory of that happening. Yeah. And I can yeah. distinctly remember the tone and yeah. It baffles me. <laughs> so this is the um, 
kind of thing where like people describe in Star Wars where Darth Vader says, Luke, I am your father. But in reality, he doesn't say that. He says, no, I am your father or something it, slightly yes. different. Yeah, correct. That's the Mandela effect. Yeah. Wow. So I have this distinct remember, distinct memory of people in the ring beating them up and Randy Orton's not aware on the camera shot. And Jerry the Klingler just screams, I'm like, where's Randy Orton? He's supposed to be winning this thing. And then I was like, oh, I wonder if Randy Orton wins this match. And then he wins it. Yeah, so, it's not impossible that they cut it out in subsequent. Uh, oh, that's a good the network, shout. So I mean, <laughs> they have been known to do that. They could be screwing with me. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you always get the, um, when it comes to Royal Rumble, you always get the, what's it, the pub quiz question? Who was the first man to win a Royal Rumble match? Which I want to say without looking was Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Correct, sir. Yeah. 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 That was before it was like a, you got to go to the WrestleMania. Yeah. Have you, have you ever, I think I might have seen clips from all that or watched, maybe it was the second one I watched, but have you ever seen the very early Royal Rumble? No, the oldest one I've seen is probably the 92 Rumble. Because everyone talks about how that's the best rumble ever and this and that's that. with uh, Flair winning. Yeah. Going the um, Yeah. Oh yeah, well, he it? came number three. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good rumble actually. Yeah. What's your? Do you have any like fondest rumble memories? Um, I think it's probably got to be. I do enjoy um, Kane beating up Pete. Um... No, it wasn't Pete Rose. No, it wasn't Pete Rose. It was. It was Drew Carey, wasn't it? Yes. He was about to beat up. Yeah. Well, basically, Kane's entire run that Rumble was. Yeah. And I was a Kane fan as a kid because oh, Kane was. Yes. You know, he attracted lots of like new fans just because of how like cool and interesting he looked and how different he was to the rest of the roster. Like mm-hmm. seven foot tall, like slasher movie monster who wears a mask and is like he's completely covered and he's got this cool ring attire he can set the turnbuckles on fire <laughs> he does all the coolest moves he jumps off the top rope back blows line choke slams people he tombstones people his brother his cl- is the ah. undertaker yeah his clothesline i always really liked his top rope clothesline rolling clothesline yeah ah oh, yeah cadence the very first wrestling action figure I ever got was a double pack of Kane and Undertaker, and I oh. bought it because I couldn't find any single ones of Kane. Bonus. You get the Undertaker there as a nice boost of bonus on the side. So, yeah. yeah. Um, I was in Smith's Toy Store just before lockdown started, and they had a Survivor Series 2002 Kane. <laughs> and I have no wrestling action figures at all. But when I saw that, I was like, that would be cool to have. I don't know where I would keep that or what I would do with that, but I like yeah. like that is Kane to me. Two thousand two Kane, you know, full mask. That's it to me. That's yeah. the coolest thing. And um, do, do you said you don't have any wrestling action figures? Is that just me, or is it like uh, who's who's that uh, wrestler who collects action figures? Um, Zack Ryder and uh, Kurt Hawkins, I think, have a podcast yeah. about wrestling action figures. Uh-huh. I can't fathom spending that kind of money on tiny little bits of plastic. I couldn't. 
um, literally got collections of like hundreds and some of them are worth because they're like limited editions or whatever they're worth you know thousands and thousands of dollars to collectors yeah like i i understand it because uh, behind me where i'm sitting right now i have amiibos and i have funko pops but i don't buy things for the sake of collecting i only buy things that i think look cool yeah, yeah and have some kind of meaning to me so in that sense wrestling action figures i can see like if it's one of the throwbacks where it is like the 2001 2002 cane like that to me means a lot because that was my childhood yeah childhood memory but I'm not one of those guys that looks at, oh, it's, you know, this series and I need to collect all of them, which um, it, it's a hobby that people have and that's cool. But it's not something that interests me. Yeah. But they, their YouTube channel is pretty cool. I like it. But they like different era of wrestling to me. They like the, you know, early New generation, I suppose. Would be better. Yeah, that's the kind of stuff they go for. They go for like the Mattels and the mid to early 90s stuff. But what about you? Uh, you say it doesn't interest you at all? No, like, this is the thing. I have so little wrestling merchandise altogether. Like, um, mm. if you walked into my apartment, you probably wouldn't know I was a wrestling fan. Uh, oh, well, to be fair, I've got my wrestling posters up on the wall. Yeah. Um, and, like, photographs of me wrestling and like, the rest of the team. But... Um, no, I don't really have any merchandise whatsoever. I think I have a couple of Rev Pro t-shirts and, oh, a Shinsuke Nakamura baseball cap. <laughs> um, I really liked, actually. Um, I think, yeah, wrestling merchandise for adults, you know, it's kind of hard to do. Um, like, if you look around, I'm looking around my flat now to what I have that's wrestling related. And like you say, is I have, like, five DVDs. Actually, no more if you consider documentaries, but yeah, shows, five DVDs. I have a book that's a photography book. Oh, yeah, I've got a couple of wrestling autobiographies. Yeah, but like, as you say, it's 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 mainly T-shirts. Like, I have a drawer full of wrestling T-shirts that I've bought from wrestlers at shows, or when I go to a Rev Pro show, they will have, like, the event T-shirts, and I'll always pick up one of them. Yeah. But figures and anything like that, no, because... They're either made for kids or like uh, I was in HMV the other day as well. And um, they've recently, they, they've, it's strange. They've gone from being like a music shop to like a collectible store now. Yeah, yeah, I've noticed. Um, so they have WWE, not action figures, but like figurines, like statues. Yeah. And it's like The Undertaker in a classic pose or AJ Styles in his pose and that. And I was like, you know, that'd be cool, but I'm not interested in WWE at all. If it was a Jushin Thunder Liger, I would so be up for that. Yeah. Like, because that means more to me now. Um, maybe if I was to go, there's a shop in Japan called Tadouken, mm -hmm. and they specialize. This is something I've actually thought about collecting. They have, uh, like, old New Japan figures and actual wrestlers masks ah like they have a wall of ring worn masks they've got like tiger mask and uh-huh oh, that's pretty cool if, like everyone you can think about that's war mask um they have on that they also have wrestling gear if you want to buy like i don't know luke gallows singlet that he wore 
a Japan house show yeah. for Raw, it's there. But like the masks and that, like when I go to shows, like when I met Tiger Mask, he had masks. And I'm thinking about it now, just going, it would be cool to have just little mannequin heads with like a tiger mask mask and a Rey Mysterio mask. And yeah. I think that would look cooler than, you know, I have my cane action figure on the wall. I think I think that's the only way to have a mannequin head in your apartment and not seem creepy is <laughs> if it's got a wrestling mask on it. Uh, yeah, no, my old mannequin head with my knives and forks in it. That didn't, you know, that didn't go so well. But, um, yeah. Oh, yeah, Rumble Memories. How do we get onto that from merch? Action figures. But, yeah. Oh, yeah, Kane. Peak yeah. Kane. Peak 2001. Kane. Um, have you ever gone to a pub and watched a Rumble? Um, I don't think so. I, I know, like, because Guernsey, I don't think, um, allows pubs to stay open that late. So there's okay. never ever been any food parties there. Um, university, I don't think there. I mean, I've stayed up with, you know, we've had a rumble party where we've had, you know, the lads around, which is always fun. Yeah. Probably that's... the best ways to watch wrestling with the lads who, and the lads tend to not be, you know, devote wrestling fans, but they'll love a Royal Rumble, um, especially if there's beer involved. <laughs> it's, yeah. Uh, what Rumble did you do that with? Do you remember? Oh, we did the, the worst Raw Rumble. It was that Raw Rumble where Roman Reigns won, getting booed constantly. And what, 2015? Yeah, everybody wanted Daniel Bryan to win, come <laughs> out, and then Rey Mysterio came out, everybody booed him. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was a really dry <laughs> Raw Rumble to do that with. Yeah. How about you? Um, so when I was at uni, uh, there was a bar called the Orange Rooms. I think it's still there now. But they did uh, for every pay-per-view a thing. But they started with WrestleMania 31. Yeah. So that was my first experience watching wrestling as an adult with other people. Was it popular? Like, did they get Oh, it was, for WrestleMania, it was super busy. Mm-hmm. And the atmosphere for that, because I remember, I have distinct memory of, there's a video of it somewhere on Facebook as well. Where I called during the uh, pre-show match. I looked at my mates. I went, Seth Rollins is going to cash in and you guys are going to laugh. And it happened and everyone threw drinks in the air. We were all celebrating. And yeah. It was like England won the World Cup when Seth Rollins won. Yeah. It was amazing. But yeah, so the only other shows that drew as big for the bar was the Rumble. So the one after that was the triple h the one where it was for the championship oh yeah and for that the orange rooms did a thing where you could pay i think a pound and you draw a number oh and you get a random that would be your entrance Uh uh-huh and if you won then you got tickets to go watch raw in london wow yeah good prize and uh i i remember i who's my mate drew i think it was number 10 which ended up being sammy Zayn. Or was it was it ten? Or well, that might have been the year after. I'm not Either too way, sure. He, he wasn't gonna win. Yeah, um, but yeah, that rumble was when we all knew. That's one of those ones we all knew who was gonna win it. Like from the very beginning, we knew Triple H is gonna come out and he's gonna win it. Yeah, but that didn't stop us from loving it when it happened. 
Um, yeah, so yeah, that whole show I remember. I have a funny story about that as well. Actually, the going to the orange rooms with friends. If we, we could say we well, I was gonna say, do you want to save that for if we ever do a like watching wrestling with friends topic or? Nah, no, that's you okay. can always rehash that. So, I want to say it was TLC. Was it TLC? No, Money in the Bank 2015. Let me see if I get this right. Again, Um, I wouldn't be able to tell you who won Money in the Bank that year. Oh, I can tell you all of them won Money in the Bank, but now it's become so diluted. And of course, they have like two Money in the Bank uh, contracts one for Raw and SmackDown, and then they have one for the women now. Is it this one? Oh, which one was it? Uh, sorry, I'm just Googling uh, which pay-per-view was it. Uh, was it TLC then? Um, which one was it? Because I... Uh, let's have a look. TLC 2015? Okay, yes. So, TLC 2015, okay? Uh, we'd been going to the Orange Rooms every month since that WrestleMania. We were all loving it because wrestling seemed to just, you know, it was on a kind of upswing. It's been it like, like... Do you, are you like me, like you feel like there's been like four or five of those, oh, wrestling is coming mainstream again. And then it like never really peaks and it just kind of fizzles out. Um, I never felt it was going mainstream, but I felt like um, it, I, I could tell the independents were going to rise. Yeah, I felt like I that... Knew- um, when Punk had his um, pipe bomb promo, it felt like, oh, yeah. we could be onto something here, and then it kind of fizzled out. I felt it then, uh, and I felt it when the ICW documentary came out. But so, you know, me, I was big into the independent. And I wasn't big into the independent, thing, but I was big into the wrestling stuff because it felt like it was a bit on an upswing. Yeah, we were going to these shows. More people kept coming, and it felt like it was, you know, growing a little bit. But we'd convinced. 10 mates who had never watched wrestling. We were like, no, you know, wrestling's getting better. The WrestleMania was great. You should come to one of the shows with us. And they were like, okay, they didn't want to wait to WrestleMania. So they were like, oh, we'll come to, you know, I said to them, wait a month and come to the Rumble. And they thought, no, we'll go and watch TLC. And, you know, TLC, you think, you know, those kind of matches can attract people because, you know, the, the Dudley's Edge and Christian and the Hardy's matches yeah. are infamous and people like those and things like that. So they come along. So it's me, the usual group, so and 10 people that had never watched wrestling. So there were about 16 of us. We had a booth. We did all this stuff. And then the show started. And the, this was the women's revolution stuff. Oh. So... Remember that, and they categorized all the women into groups because you couldn't just have a woman wrestler. They had to have a click with them. Yeah. And the pre-show match was Sasha Banks versus Becky Lynch, which you'd think would be a great match. Yeah. But before the match, Sasha Banks, Naomi, and Tamina had to cut a 10-minute promo where they they basically, I don't know, I could be wrong, but it felt like someone, some writer had gone up to them and be like, Okay, the New Day are popular. Sasha Banks and you two, you need to be the New Day. The female so, New Day. So they came out, they were doing the things where they were telling jokes and everyone was going, oh, and this and that. And literally, as they were cutting their promo, 
seven of the ten walked out and didn't come back. It was that bad. And, yeah, then... Uh, I find a lot of, like, um, non-wrestling fans, like, that is one of their main complaints. Is, oh, there's too much talking and not enough action. Yes, yeah, because it doesn't feel like a sport to them if you're just going to stand there and talk in the ring. And yeah. So, yeah, seven of the ten walked out. Uh, then the match after the first match of the proper pay per view was the New Day versus the Lucha Dragons versus the Usos in a ladder match, mm. and that match was really good. Yeah, I can imagine. The other three people that were there were like, "That is great," because it had the you know Callisto did the code red from the top of the ladder through a ladder Ooh. to one of the Usos. And like everyone lost their minds and it was great and this and that. And everyone was like, yeah, this is great. And then the match after that was Rusev versus Ryback. And <laughs> everyone just in a in a normal match. And everyone just went, ugh. Mm. And then the match after that was Alberto Derrio versus Jack Swagger in a chairs match. <laughs> at which point the other three left. Mm. And yeah. And that was the last time that people ever came with us outside of our normal group to go watch wrestling. They didn't even come back for the Rumble. That's how bad the Sasha Banks, Naomi, and Tamina promo was. I think that's an example of how difficult it is to book new fans. Um... Like, it shouldn't be, though. Like, how hard is it to go, okay, you're starting a show. Like, like the New Day, Lucha Dragons, Usos thing, perfect way to start a pay-per-view. Yeah. But yeah, um, I think you, you've never seen a New Japan show all the way through, have you? No, no. One of the best things they do that, you know, everyone sort of points out when they watch them is there is a flow to the show and it builds. Like you have your base. Every match starts with the young lions, the trainees. Yeah. Then you have the veterans. Then you have like a match and it builds and it builds and it builds. And then the three main events is always excellent fantastic and then one of the best matches you'll ever see in your life and it's just like that's how you do it because that makes sense doesn't it but when you watch a wwe pay-per-view it's like oh you have you have to have a good match then you have to bring them down with a bad match then you need a good match then you need to bring them down with a bad match and it's like why if you're on a high just stay on a high yeah i can understand them not wanting to follow up a high-flying ladder match instantly you're on another high-flying ladder match yeah, you have to have variety and you know you can't have spot fest after spot fest mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. at the same time it doesn't mean it has to be a bad match or a slow plodding match no but like if you think about like if you're in a bar your first match people aren't going to be that tipsy yeah. so they're not going to be that into it but the more they drink the more they do get into it yeah and by the end they're going to be loving it but no um yeah that was which is why I think the Royal Rumbles work so well in a bar, yeah. is because by its if it's the main event, you know everyone's so uh, not wasted or drunk or anything, but they're going to be so relaxed and all that. They're going to be so up for it. The inhibitions will go down. Yeah, and they do the countdowns and they do the way, even if it's someone they don't like. <laughs> they're like, oh look, yay, it's this guy. It's that guy. Yeah. I don't know who that is, but yay. Yeah. So um. That sounds think... really fun, like watching a pay-per-view in a bar. I think I'd probably, at this point, I would probably rather watch WrestleMania in a bar than actually go and see it live. I mean, will bars be allowed to stay up until, what, 10 in the morning, wherever <laughs> they finish now? 
I mean, what? How long is WrestleMania? The last few WrestleManias have been like something ridiculous, like five, six hours long. I I honestly don't know. The last Mania I watched was. I don't know. I don't know. Was it thirty-one? Or did I? No, I saw thirty. Which is the one where they were like, "Oh, we have ten billion people in the arena." Was that thirty-two? Every day for you. No, the um, one where they were in Texas and they were like, "Oh, we have a hundred thousand people here." I'll be able to tell you. Oh, do you know any of the events? Can you remember any of them? Uh, okay, I'll just quickly Google it here. Uh, uh, yes, it was thirty-two. Was the last meteor I watched because it had. Uh, let's have a look. Yes, it was that one because um, I saw. Did I see that in a bar? Yes, I did because everyone was so up for certain matches, and then that was ah, oh, that was a weird pay per view because every match felt hyped. No, sorry, no matches felt hyped and no matches delivered. What was the, the only one? Event? The main event was Roman Reigns beating Triple H. Triple H, of course. Uh, and then they had the Rock segment where he completely destroyed the Wyatt family and beat Eric Rowan in six seconds and. Baron Corbin beat Kane in a Royal Rumble and the Undertaker Shane McMahon half an hour match that I don't remember anything about except no. one spot. Uh, the only match I remember liking was the Triple Threat Women's match and that was about it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the, the the ladder match was what it was. Oh, well, I remember. That's the one where uh, Zack Ryder won. Uh-huh, and then lost it the next day. Yeah. Uh, Chris Jericho was... It was AJ Styles' WrestleMania debut, so everyone thought he was going to have a Wrestle Kingdom match. And... It was another disappointment. Yeah, it was what it was. It was against know. Jericho, wasn't it? Yep. Which, again, yeah. you think, oh, dream match. Yeah, but... Uh, Sometimes you don't get enough time. Or Styles, <laughs> Styles clash. Um, <laughs> doesn't doesn't work out as you'd expect. I think this is one where I heard the story from Chris Jericho about how he was saying to Vince McMahon, uh, can we do this because it will make the match better? And Vince said, I don't care about match quality because people have already bought their tickets. <laughs> so, yeah. Wow. Um, I can't get away, that, away with that now, Vince, because uh, nobody's buying tickets at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, at the League of Nations versus New Day, and it was Wade Barrett's farewell thing, and he wasn't even in the match. And then at the end, the legends came out and just beat up everyone. Why can't these young kids get over? Hmm, I wonder why. Maybe it's because you bring back Astrid era guys and always have them go over. Like, uh, like you said, The Rock uh, made the Wyatt family. Yeah. Like jokes. Like, imagine if it was the other way around and, you know, Bray Wyatt beat the absolute crap out of The Rock and left him bloodied. And yeah. Him. Like, that might even get some mainstream attention. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Or still is a massive mainstream star, and that would like, get some attention on Bray Wyatt. But no, just instantly <laughs> forgettable. People remember, oh, The Rock was at that WrestleMania, but they don't know what he did, who mm -hmm. he you know interacted with. Well, it's like, yeah, no one remembers that it even happened unless you go. Do you remember when The Rock pinned Eric Rowan in six seconds? And they go, oh yeah, those jokes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if Wyatt had beaten up The Rock, laid him out, yeah, you know, all the casual fans are watching just go, holy crap. This Bray Wyatt guy is cool. Yeah, who's this guy? And Wyatt's a great one to do it because he's, a, again, he's got a very unique look. He stands out. Um, mm -hmm. You know, this isn't like Baron Corbin beating the rock. This is somebody, you know, that can catch people's attention. And... 
Yeah, missed yeah. opportunity. 